ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 and 9.30. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome into the Wednesday, September 4th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. As always, you can join the program by calling us on the Miller Lite phone line, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Now, uh, we've been building up to this momentous event that is happening now. <laughs> it is the Wednesday edition, but uh, more importantly, it's time to um, bring you the pairing in studio that you always have wanted. Or never asked for, depending on your point of view. <laughs> David Kahn is in studio today here from the West Virginia Power. And uh, uh, David and I have we, – we just become fast friends the minute we met each other, and uh, we've had fun ever since. So uh, you're almost uh, out of West Virginia. You've got to go to your second job soon. So uh, you actually have some time off before you go uh, back to work. That's right. I had my uh, first day off, I would say, maybe since April – uh, yesterday and it was it was glorious. But uh, yeah, the power season is wrapped up. Got a couple more weeks here in uh, in West Virginia, at least for this year. Uh, and then I will trek on down to North Carolina, uh, handle my uh, my time with Learfield IMG College, and then uh, hopefully back here come February. So Dave is going to spend the entire day with us here in the studio, which consists of uh, one hour. So that's the entire day. But you you made the Huntington trip. You've actually made a day of it in Huntington because well. We have fast food options you don't in the capital city. That is correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually most looking forward to uh, to trying DP Dough, which uh, a couple of my friends who went to Ohio University have talked up immensely. And I was texting them uh, when I got here saying, what do I get? And they just said everything. It was very unhelpful. So they just my, – my friend called me and said, go look at the menu and pick something you like. I said, all right. So that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to get after the show, and I'm uh, – I'm very excited to try it. I've heard it's very good. Okay, so you're going to take advantage of some of the college cuisine here in the uh, in the college city, and have um, you done the touristy things yet? I mean, have you have you sightseed? You know, you drive by the stadium. You know, have you done all that? I, I haven't yet. I unfortunately, even though it's the off season, I, I did have to go in the office today and and work. So I uh, I got the uh, okay to leave at three thirty today to come down and do okay. the show with you. But uh, that's nice of them. It was. I've uh, I have I have driven through Huntington a couple of times and been around and, and up and down and seen a few things. But uh, it's kind of tough when you're here and you know you get here and then the season's right around the corner to get any time to explore. But uh, if if I do, I'll uh, I'll let you know. Okay. So I look forward to uh, the radio blog soon. Uh, you know the photos, <laughs> right. the Instagram, all the uh, the Ritter Park, get the squirrels, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, it's not like I haven't heard about everything you're saying. I've heard about Ritter Park. I've, I've heard about the different restaurants that are that are good here. It's just I haven't had the, the chance myself to come up and, and give them my own rating. Well, when we get baseball here in Huntington in a few years, possibly, I mean, you could come down for that, make a road trip. That's absolutely true. I, I would certainly love to do that. I'm excited that there's going to be baseball back in Huntington that's not at the YMCA. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Although we've certainly enjoyed hosting Marshall baseball at Appalachian Power Park, which in fact. We have a fall exhibition game on September 27th, Marshall and WVU at Appalachian Power Park. That's all that exhibition game. That's right, exhibition game. But I mean, it, it's a fall classic. It's always Marshall and WVU is always a heated rivalry, and uh, we've got a lot of buzz around the game. It's free admission, so you know if you want to come, you don't have to pay anything for it to do free admission. And we're also selling group packages, so feel free to uh, get involved and, and come down. 
we'll recap the the power season and get more information on that as the as the hour progresses. But uh, we've got the uh, I think we've got a full show. Depends. Um, Chris Grossi is going to join us about five forty-five. That's Marshall's soccer coach, and uh, we're going to talk to him. Also, um, I hope that uh, I'm going to be able to catch up with B.J. Rains from the Idaho Press. Uh, we're going to talk a little Boise State, and David's been prepping. I mean, you're the uh, only guest I know that has all your notes right here. You're uh, you're sitting in the Woody Woodrum Memorial Chair. <laughs> That's what this is called. This, well, that's what I call it—the Woody Woodrum Memorial Chair. There, you're, you're sitting in his position. You've got your laptop up. Uh, you've got your notes. Uh, you got your complimentary beverage there. That, uh, yeah, not too many people get the complimentary beverage. Um, you have uh, wow. You do have a lot of notes there. You're still pulling them out of your bag. You really researched the day for the show. I mean, look, I, I'm a perf- I'm a perfectionist. All, all I do is prepare for for every game. Whenever I get the opportunity, I'll, I'll write some notes down. I always make game notes every day that you see. So uh, it, it's in my nature. Even though it's a a forty you know a fifty four minute show, I uh, I prepare for it. Okay, so my notes are going to be critiqued a little bit later on. He's got mine, so he's going he's gonna to give me some pointers um, to tell me how to make my notes better. Uh, Most of your stuff that, that you have on here is, is what I have on mine, so okay. not bad. Um, there's a couple of notes there just, just for you. So, uh, as you know, uh, you, yeah, just make sure you were actually paying attention when you were reading the prep <laughs> notes. So I, I do know that now. And, uh, so Boise State's going to be the topic of uh, discussion here as, uh, we're hopefully going to talk with, uh, BJ Rains in a few minutes. If not, we're going to talk about the game. So, uh, it's either BJ from the Idaho press or because I'm a little nervous because I reached out to him yesterday and I was booking this and I'm like, you know, can we do today or can we do tomorrow? He said, Hey, e- either one's fine. Let me know. And I said, okay, let's do tomorrow. When I was talking to him yesterday, is this your number? Is it correct? Haven't heard back from him since. I'm assuming he's assuming that I'm just going to call him. Yeah, I, I think he's just assuming you're going to call him, but he could be ghosting you. I don't know. I'm I nervous. Mean, I, I would be nervous for you. I'm nervous a little bit. If not, I'll just go with the next beat writer tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. I was looking, I was seeing, I was going down the line here, like, okay, which beat reporter looks like the best? No, I think you picked the right one. Like I, I would have, I would have criticized your choice if I could have, but I, but I think you picked the right guy. I was going going through the the Idaho Free Press and just kind of looking through the different guys. It looks like you have the the right guy online now. If you actually get him on the line, is a different story. Yeah, but that's... I think you have the right guest lined up. Okay, I think I've got the right guy as well. So uh, we're going to try to get him here in a minute. I, I know Coach is going to call me later on. He's calling the program, so uh, we'll. Well, that makes it easier on you. Yes, uh, and I'm sorry. I know you were looking forward to meeting show producer Gabriel today. I was Gabriel Sellers. He's not here. He's got class. I uh, see. I think that's a, a lame excuse. I told him that as well. Hey, looks. What's more important, my show or your education? I- <laughs> he went with his education. Uh, why? I, under- I don't understand. Most of the stuff you learn in college doesn't matter anyways, unless you're a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher. Um, he's actually going to probably get a smart people's job. Oh, really? Uh, I think he's in forensics. Oh, that matters too. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, anything he's, in the sciences, you should yeah, probably go to school for. I think he's doing like a real job. <sighs> Why? I mean, um, who wants to do that? Money. I, okay, that's fair. I think that's the reason. Money. Yeah, but we get to talk about sports every day, all day. That's How, all we do. Is your paycheck worth it? Uh, sure, for now. Okay, you've been, I'm 25. But you're working 15 jobs. You're on 500 broadcast. That's okay. I want to be on 700. Okay. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> it, it works for you. Now then. I'm at 501. 501, yeah. Wait, oh, wait a minute. This is, you're respecting pay today? I, was was that not discussed? No, that's not in the contract. I, I did bring you Reese's, but that was just a friend. I I, I thought you, the paycheck was in the mail. I got your rock star. Uh, that's, yeah, but 
I told you I don't even like rock stars. I'm drinking it as a friend, as a friendly gesture to you. I mean, do you want me to walk across the street and get your beverage and you can talk to BJ here in a few? No. I mean, I can walk across the street. Uh, I've got you could to, you could walk over. You could walk uh, between our studios and and hand me my payment. Well, uh, David, it's been <laughs> nice talking to you. Um, BJ Rain's going to join us from the Idaho Press when we get. This is this is all. This will be all day every day for us. <laughs> Yeah, one hundred percent. If if we if we actually hosted the show together every single day, we would never get any. No one would ever be able to call in because we wouldn't stop talking. No, it would just be us. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. And then everyone would turn it off. No, no, that's that's you're you're wrong there. Well, no, everyone here would keep it on because they've been waiting to hear this for forever. Okay, fair. Yeah, that's, that's very fair. It would be playing throughout the building on repeat, like they would be looped throughout the entire day. Like right. yesterday's show, you'd come in at nine a.m. and you'd hear Swan and Con. From the day before, just on repeat, over and over and over again. Did you just meet the coworkers I introduced you to? Did you meet these people? Yes. No, it's not going to be on, on repeat. No, I think it would be. Okay. All right. We'll find out. It's just the extra advantage that you get from from having a a, a savvy co-host. We're going to find out when we come back from break. <laughs> We're also going to find out if, if I've got the guest book correctly. Uh, BJ Rains, Idaho Press. When we continue with today's edition of the Drive here on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This hour presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Paul Swan and uh, got in-studio guest host today, David Kahn, with us from the West Virginia Power on today's edition. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And, and David, uh, we're going to go a little bit out of your comfort zone. Uh, we're going to talk Marshall, Boise State football it's a little bit out of your comfort zone i mean a little bit because i don't study those teams every day but i've been in west virginia for two years i i mean marshall's become a part of my breeding ground i got you okay you're the baseball guy charleston right all right let's um let's get an expert on to help us uh get ready for this one we've got bj rains joining us from the idaho press and he's with us now on the program hey bj thanks for joining us for a few minutes to talk this game up hey no problem guys thanks for having me on um it's exciting I'm for sure for a lot of fans in Huntington, um, a chance to play Boise State. Uh, for older fans like myself, uh, I remember that first time Marshall met Boise State, and uh, that game had a, a huge impact, I think, on that Boise State program getting to that championship game, and things have just taken off uh, since. So really now this is a game that's a measuring stick for Marshall. At least that's how some of the players are going after it this week. Yeah, kind of funny because it's exactly how Boise State was feeling last week playing Florida State. Uh, so kind of hearing the same things. And so, uh, yeah, it's certainly, uh, you know, uh, home opener. So Boise State's going to be excited and certainly a quality opponent. Like Marshall, I think, is going to, you know, the fact that it's, um, you know, uh, another team that's regularly wins eight, nine, ten games, I think, uh, you know, they, they, get, they know Marshall, they got their attention, and they're not uh, you know, looking past this game or anything. But, uh, yeah, that good game and, uh, you know, 20 years ago or whenever it was, 94, certainly, uh, you know, had an effect on Boise State's program. We talked to people here, and they talk about going out there for that championship game the next week and seeing the facilities and the skybox and things like that. And, um, you know, really kind of helped with the, the arms race and the, get the facilities going uh, updated at Boise State. So, yeah, a lot a lot, uh, a lot of storylines for this one, and that's certainly one of them. But I think, uh, I think Boise State's just excited to be playing at home and, and uh, they're hoping to have a big crowd, and it should be a fun game. 
Now, obviously, Coach, last week uh, the the play of your freshman quarterback Bachmeyer was a uh, was obviously a, a key storyline in the win over Florida State. Just kind of talk about what you saw from him and, and how he was able to fuel that comeback over the Seminoles. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people were a little, frankly, surprised that he won the job to begin with. I think Chase Cord, the redshirt sophomore, uh, you know, was a lot of people thought would be the guy, but he's coming off of a knee injury and just wasn't quite uh, ready to go. And and uh, you know, they went with Bachmeyer and. And I think you saw why against Florida State, uh, just tremendous poise in the pocket, and um, you know he got hit a lot, uh, a lot of you know whether it was a sack or there were four or five times he got hit pretty good as he was throwing the football. So um, you know, he, he was really tough and stayed in there, and and um, you know didn't play perfect, but to pass for over 400 yards on the road, uh, you know, a place like that, an atmosphere like that on a hot day like that, he was very impressive. And and uh, like I said, I think it was the first chance for a lot of people, Boise State fans included to see what he could do. And I think it was pretty evident why he was the guy that was, was picked to be the starter. And um, I think Boise State's just hoping he can build off that and continue to get better. When talking to some of the players uh, a couple of days ago, BJ, um, I asked um, Levi Brown, Marshall Center, what he saw. And all he could talk about was the fact that hats off to the conditioning strength coaches there at Boise because just the way it looked like they didn't fade at all. Florida State faded. I know that's sort of been a couple of the things that have come out post-game coverage of this, but really this team looked like they were still pretty strong in that fourth quarter, and Florida State just looked like they were gassed. Yeah, it's funny because you know Boise State has done this the last couple of years. I think three of the last four years they've kind of played their first game down in the in the southeast, they played at uh, Troy to start last year, Troy, Alabama, and they played uh, Louisiana Lafayette and a couple of years before that. Um, they've kind of got this method down where they uh, go in the indoor facility and they turn the heat up and they uh, you know, water the field and hose the players down before they go in, and they, they really try to make it as muggy and as hot as possible. And when they did that a couple of weeks ago, a lot of the Florida State fans uh, laughed and we're kind of mocking Boise State's uh, preparation. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, wait till they get real Florida humidity. Yeah, if they think that's, you know, what's going to get them ready, then they're kidding themselves. And, of course, it wasn't the same, but it was better than doing nothing. And they did that three or four times during fall camp uh, to get ready for the game. And, and uh, they've, they've, you know, all three games they've played down there, they've won. They've won, and the first two they won rather convincingly. So, yeah, it was pretty impressive to see them uh, get stronger as the game went on and, I think Florida State had like four or five guys that went down with cramps and uh, dehydration and stuff during the game, and Boise State didn't have a single guy uh, that, that suffered that during the game. So they've got their methods, and, and it works pretty well, and they certainly uh, were prepared uh, on and off field uh, going into that game against Now, BJ, you touched on the fact that uh, Boise State obviously very excited to be home. Of course, we've all heard about the lore of Albertson Stadium, the blue turf field, and uh, you know, Boise State has had a tremendous record at home. They're 121 and 9 since the 1999 season. For those Marshall fans who are unfamiliar with how much of an advantage it is to play at home for Boise State or for Boise State at Albertson Stadium, just kind of talk about what it's like to play in that atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the blue turf itself really is no extra advantage. I mean, it, it's nothing different. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a mental, psychological thing a little bit, but I, I don't think the fact that uh, you know the, the the field is blue is really what makes them play any better or win. I just think they have really good players that play well in, in this atmosphere, and um, the way the stadium is kind of shaped, uh, a lot of the seats are right on top of the field. 
Um, you know, the upper deck actually takes up like, you know, 75% of the seating as opposed to the lower deck. So the upper deck is where most of the fans are, and they are kind of right on top of the field the way it's, uh, you know, built. So it just gets very, very loud in there. And, um, you know, they get pretty good crowds, and Boise State uh, is able to play well at home. And so I think it's a combination of things, but, um, you know, the field itself is not really the issue. It's just the way that the, the, how loud the fans get and just the fa- how any team plays well at home. And and uh, they just seem to get a really big boost for whatever reason playing in front of this crowd. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen Power 5 teams come in here and, and struggle. I've seen, uh, you know, other teams come in here that, that shouldn't struggle and, and upset them. Virginia upset them a couple of years ago at home, and, and they've lost a couple of games at home here of late the last couple of years. But for the most part, they're uh, nearly unbeatable at home, and, and uh, they just get that confidence that it uh, doesn't matter who they're playing at home, they're going to be able to, to win the game, and it uh, pays off for them most times. Now, BJ, this game, I don't know if you've gotten the same type of um – thought process going on for this game the way it's been portrayed here but uh, there are some that are pointing out that this game could be uh, a major decider as far as access bowl time that the winner of this game has a leg up on most of the competition for that lone spot how's this game being played as far as you know is it that important that early or is this just another quality opponent for each team and if it has any bearing or not maybe not going to be determined until later on in the season I think it depends who you ask. I mean, uh, you know, certainly I think no matter who they played this week, coming off the Florida State win, fans were going to be excited. Um, and it was obviously, you know, not going to be as big of a game as last week, no matter who they played. So I think some people, uh, you know, just, just see that it's a, a home game and expect them to win big, and, and uh, you know, maybe that'll happen. But I think a lot of people look at it and say, yeah, there's only a end of the year, there's only five teams that are eligible for the Cotton Bowl, uh, the five te- teams that – win their conference uh, from the group of five conferences. And I think that a lot of people do see that uh, Marshall is uh, one of the teams very capable of winning their conference and being one of those five teams. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, it'd be hard for Boise State to, to lose this game and still finish higher than Marshall if uh, Marshall were to win this game and have a, you know, a good season. So I certainly think in terms of uh, setting themselves up, I think ultimately that you know, most people probably see Central Florida as the uh, chief competitor for the group of five spot right now, but uh, this is a game they have to win. It'd be very tough for them to lose this game and and still uh, be in prime position for that, especially if they end up getting, you know, compared with Marshall at the end of the day, and Marshall has the, the advantage of beating them. So, yeah, I mean, I think players are kind of just focused on one and zero, and we're just going to try to play whoever we're playing this week. But I certainly think fans and media and everybody else around town recognize this is a pretty big game when it comes to that. And, um, I think that they, uh, you know, remember 2014 when Boise State won the Fiesta Bowl and they passed Marshall when Marshall was undefeated in the, in the CFP rankings and Boise State had two losses at the time. And I know Marshall lost a game like the lag against Western Kentucky, I believe it was. It was a crazy game. But, um, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, people remember Marshall from that year and remember how they were fighting with him. I know that it certainly could happen again. Both these teams' first week one games, they seem to play out kind of similar, you know, effective on both sides of the football. They they both, you know, passed well, ran well, and had really suffocating run defenses. Pass defense was a little bit suspect. But despite the fact that Boise State's ranked Marshall's not, do you see this kind of coming down to a last possession type game? Because these two teams, at least through one week of play, which obviously is a small sample size, they uh, they seem like they're playing similar types of ball. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you have to put the opponent into that a little bit, taking nothing away from VMI. But, uh, you know, some of the Boise State coaches did say it was a little hard to get a get a gauge on, on what they, uh, you know, what, what they saw just because they, they know that the quality of competition wasn't, uh, you know, as great as some games in some weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I certainly think, as you said, Boise State has a strength of running the football. And uh, Marshall's been very good, and you know, for year in year out, at stopping the run, and, and did that again in their first week. And uh, Boise State coaches were concerned with team speed. A lot of team speed, they said, especially on offense for for uh, Marshall. So, I, mean, I, I see the, the the Vegas spread being somewhere on ten, eleven points. And um, I think all things considered, most people look at that and say, "Oh, Boise should win by more than that, shouldn't they?" But um, you know, they usually know what they're talking about, and I do think you have the hangover effect as a possibility where Boise State's players um, have, you know, Boise State moved into the top 25 for the first time this year. And you've got people all around town already thinking they can go undefeated and go to the Cotton Bowl. And there's a lot of hype, you know, starting to build around this team now. And I think that, uh, you know, we'll see if they're, you know, if they're able to kind of put that Florida State game behind them and move on, or if they kind of think they're going to walk in on a short week. And uh, I know Marshall has travel and everything too, without Boise State had a, had to, didn't get back to one or two in the morning and had to play 108 plays offensively and then heat and humidity and had to, it was a really physical, tough game and then turn around and play, you know, less than six days later. So we'll see how they bounce back. And, and uh, certainly Marshall's good enough to beat them and certainly good enough to uh, make it a game. But um, if Boise State can, can stay to their business like approach, stay focused, uh, you know, this is certainly going to be a close game and maybe, maybe they're able to pull away down the stretch. But I, I don't think you're going to see a blowout by any means. B.J. Reigns is joining us. He covers Boise State Athletics for the Idaho Press. And uh, something that has been brought up a lot here, and it seems like this is the same story uh, for Boise State, is getting off to a fast start. Marshall did not do that against VMI. It took him a couple of series to figure them out before they got the offense going. Uh, same thing for Boise, uh, looking to try to get a fast start. It was a fierce comeback for sure, but you'd like to maybe avoid that situation if possible. Both teams would like to be the team on top, not having to worry about trying to come back from behind. Yeah, I think it mostly with Boise State goes to their defense. The offense actually moved the ball pretty well. They end up having a little bit of issues in the red zone. Um, they had a couple uh, drives that stalled because uh, of turnovers. But you know, even from the opening possession of the game, Boise State was moving the ball offensively and then just fumbled fumbled one away and had to settle for a couple of field goals. But, um, you know, I think really they, they just need to start faster defensively. They can't get into that big of a hole uh, and expect to come back out of it. So talking to the defensive coordinator and a couple of players this week, they're just uh, really focused on trying to, to play better uh, defensively and then not have to make a half, you know, wait a half to make the adjustments. They need to, uh, you know, they gave it, Florida State pretty much did whatever it wanted in the first half, uh, 358 yards of offense. And so, um, they've got to, you know, buckle down faster and make their adjustments faster, and and not, you know, take a, a miracle comeback to win the game in the second half. They're hoping to. Everyone in Boise is talking about how great the second half was. They only allowed, you know, 68 yards of offense and four first downs and no points. But uh, the players and coaches are all focused on the first half, where they gave up 31 points, 358 yards. So um, I think that they feel like there's a lot of improvement to be made, and they need to start faster and. Um, really kind of find their groove and make their adjustments much faster than they did last week. With uh, with defensive stops being possibly the, the key to this game and, and who wins, which which player or which unit even on, on Boise State's uh, defensive side do you think that Marshall needs to pre- prepare for the most? 
Well, I mean, it kind of just uh, depends which way you want to go. You could find a reason to give every answer there. Uh, you know, Boise State's defensive line probably has the most depth and the most talent. Curtis Weaver, number 99, uh, is a potential first-round draft pick next year. Uh, you know, they had four sacks in the game against Florida State. It was uh, four different guys along with the defensive line. Uh, Curtis Weaver, uh, Chase Hatata, the, the other defensive end spot had a sack, and then a couple guys on the interior. So they can roll two, three deep on the defensive line and uh, feel pretty good. They, they did have an injury in their secondary uh, safety, DeAndre Pierce. I don't know his status for Saturday's game, but he was the starting safety that went down in the first quarter. They had to make some adjustments and change things up defensively, which I think probably contributed early on to some of the uh, slow play by the secondary. Uh, but with a whole week to prepare for some of those guys in the game experience uh, for a guy like Tyreek Jones who came in and replaced them, um, secondary is probably going to be improved. But um, I would say their weakest spot on defense is linebacker. They just don't have a ton of depth at linebacker. But they feel really strong about that group up front. And uh, you know, when you're throwing you know, multiple potential NFL players on the defensive line, there's not going to be a lot of offensive lines that can, that can handle them. And Florida State certainly has had problems on the offensive line, but they couldn't keep up with Boise State for sure. B.J. Rains, our guest. He covers Boise State for the Idaho Press. B.J., thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, looking forward to this one. Uh, Friday night game. I know Doc Holliday loves playing on ESPN on Friday night, and uh, I'm sure uh, your folks are going to be real excited as well. Definitely, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it's a... Uh, they play three or four Friday games a year, and they play some of these big games and stuff. And uh, certainly, the fact that it's uh, the home opener and it's uh, you know we usually play at eight fifteen out here, so this, I know it's nine there, but to start the game locally at seven uh, is, has a lot of people excited. That's a little earlier than usual, and so uh, should be a big crowd. Should be a fun game, and and uh, hopefully it uh, lives up to the billing on Friday night. BJ, thanks again for spending some time with us, and uh, we can't wait to get you back here in Huntington soon. Looking forward to it. That's going to be one of my that's one of my favorite trips. Already circled on the road for next year, so looking forward to it. And hopefully, we can do this again. Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That's BJ Rains. He covers Boise State athletics for the Idaho Press. And uh, David, to your point, uh, that front seven, Boise State. Uh, when I was talking to uh, Levi Brown earlier this week, that was one of the questions I was asked about him. Hey, do you just talk about that. You know what stands out. Uh, here's what he had to say. They've got the most active hands out of any D line I've seen. I mean, they will, even when you're zone blocking someone on inside zone, they're trying to slap your hands down and have you fall on your face. I mean, that's that's how I believe they're so active in the run stop and in the pass stop because they're not a team that blitz an unreal amount. They don't bring their safety down into the box. They don't do anything extraordinary. They just have really uh, really gap sound defensive linemen who will get your hands down and try and make it impossible for you to latch onto them just because their hands are so active. So apparently they're good. They certainly are, and there's a reason they only allowed 99 yards to a Florida State team that, yes, is not the national championship Florida State team of years past, but it's still an ACC school. It's still a very good program, and, and the fact that they can hold Florida State's rushing attack to under 100 yards at a game it, it show, just goes to show the, the, the mental fortitude and, and the fundamental ability of this Boise State front seven. So you can't count them out. You can't ignore them, as Levi Brown so expertly said. And uh, it, it's the key is going to be who gets a defensive stop late in the ballgame. That's what I was trying to say to BJ and and get his thoughts on because it seems like both these offenses are really humming early, especially with Marshall's comeback and Boise State's comeback as well. So whichever defense can step up and, and hold the other one down for a couple of stops late in the fourth quarter is going to win the ballgame. We've got Marshall soccer coach Chris Grossi joining us here in a little bit. Uh, we'll continue on with today's edition of The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. David Kahn, our special guest, co-host in studio today from the West Virginia Power. His season wrapping up for the Power. So we'll talk about that here in a moment. Do want to remind you, coming up, we'll hear from Chris Grossi in a few minutes. Marshall men's soccer action. David, of course, um, the first co-host since Woody Woodrum to occupy the Woody Woodrum chair. Uh, laptop in hand, most prepared co-host I've had since Woody. I'm just going to throw that out. I mean, Dave Walsh, even. I'm sorry. Dave doesn't have the laptop up there. Uh, he should just watch out. I might have his replacement right here. I mean, that, that I appreciate the, uh, the, the kind words. Can, can I do Mondays? I can do whatever works for you. Okay. You get a free beverage out of Mondays. All right. Love it. And it's not that energy drink that I gave you. Can you can you send it? If I have to do it remotely, can you send it to North Carolina? Yeah. Okay, great. I'll make that happen. All right. Then I'll, I then we're then we're good. Yeah, I'll make that happen. I'm sorry. Yeah, I gave you the sugar-free Rockstar. No, I'm fine with that. Are you, I, you like that? Yes, I do. It actually is is pretty good. I haven't had the sugar-free Rockstar yeah. before, so I'm a fan. That was a tithing I got from one of the students over at WMUL. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have a kid that tithes to me. It's like a tribute. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I right? Someone someone worships you? Yes. Oh, he does. All right. I mean, that, there's, it, hey, there's a first for everything. I mean, I thought you worshipped me, but apparently, uh, Ooh, I, apparently, I, I, I was oh, mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I was mistaken. Worship uh, and friends with uh, they, admire, <laughs> admire, maybe look up yeah. to, maybe uh, wait, they they can all coexist. I'm a little taller than you, so maybe you do look up. To I me. I do have to look up to you. That's yeah. true. That with with that, whether I want to or not, I do have to physically look up at you to say hello. I haven't had this much fun in a while. <laughs> I just haven't. I'm, I've missed this. It's just me in here. Usually, it's it gets pretty. Uh, it's just me and Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 when Gabriel's not here, it's, it's literally just, just you. It's just me. I mean, what do you? How do you do this for 54 minutes? Talk to yourself for. I mean, I say this and I do three hour broadcast by myself. Yeah. So. Don't don't talk to me about <laughs> filling, man. Um, I admire what you do. <laughs> Sir, hey, look, it's uh, fun. I mean, yeah, sir, I take my, I tip. If I had a cap, I'd tip it to you right now. I mean, you could tip your headphones. I guess that would kind of. There we go. Yep, that perfect. There you go. I mean, look, that's why we do game notes. That's why you do show prep. I mean, it's you have to be prepared for the idle amounts of time that you're going to have during a broadcast because you never know when you're going to have a random umpire delay in the third inning because he got socked in the uh, in the thigh and needs to uh, get medical attention for 25 minutes and you don't have a replacement umpire so you can't continue and uh, oh and then it rains so you're delayed for 30 more minutes um, how much more can I go I mean you could stretch there's a million and one delays that I've seen in baseball I could do a whole segment on baseball delays that have existed during my time in Charleston slash around minor league baseball during my time in minor league baseball. And the, so some of the reasons would shock you, honestly. Well, in the game notes uh, that I prepared for you, the show game notes here, this segment is called Turning the Power Off, a year in review by David right. Kahn. So uh, uh, briefly, before uh, Chris Grossi joins us on the show, um, Power Baseball, year one, Seattle Mariners affiliate. Go. It was, it was a great year. You know, uh, I think from a record standpoint it was a letdown of a year because this team was so talented to start i mean i mean like ridiculously talented we had the top three mariners prospects in the system that eventually as they are now starting on the powers roster logan gilbert jared kelnick and julio rodriguez now logan gilbert lasted five starts he was gone by may 1st jared kelnick was gone a month and a half into the season julio rodriguez got hurt eight games into the season and came back in the first at the end of the first half Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert were both gone. Even with all of that, 
The Power started the year with their second best start in team history at 17-7 and in April. You look at that start and you go, oh my goodness, this Power team is going to win the whole thing. Well, there's the Delmarva Shorebirds who became the first 90-win minor league baseball teams in like seven years. So, you know, tip your cap to them. They probably will win the whole t- the whole thing in the uh, the playoffs, which start tonight. So the power has been, you know, the, the year was great from a uh, result standpoint. It was a bit of a letdown, but from the talent that we saw in West Virginia, whether it was guys like Dias and Arias, who really was not a prospect, was not on any kind of map or anything, and now he's one of the, the most touted relievers in the Mariners system, and he's he earned a well-deserved promotion to Modesto. You got guys like Stephen Moyers and Clay Chandler who were repeating this level at 25 years old. You know, you think, oh, this is it for those guys. And then they come out and have incredible, incredible seasons for the power, and they get promoted you have a guy like Devin Sweet a non-drafted free agent who you know was just just a guy he was in the bullpen he was fine and then you turn him into a starter and he just becomes a ridiculous part of the power rotation is one of the best and most consistent starters in power in in power history he threw the first ever nine inning shutout uh for the power and uh you know or the nine inning complete game I should say and then two weeks later Ryan Inman throws the first ever nine inning complete game shutout. So a lot of history this year. A lot of guys that you certainly didn't expect would be as good as they were, and they just blossomed in the in West Virginia. And there's so many stories from this year that I can't fit into a five minute window. But it was so fun to have these guys here. This team is one of the most eclectic group of guys that I've ever gotten to know. And just to be able to tell their stories for a full season was tremendous. I'm going to miss all of them tremendously, and I, I hope I don't see any of them again because that means they're down at this level. And it's always awkward to say that to a guy when you say goodbye. It says, hey, man, great to have you. Really hope I don't see you ever again. And it's one of the worst things to say to someone, but you mean it with the nicest of intentions because you want them to go far, far away from here and eventually get up to Seattle. And I think a lot of these guys will. Did you get a group photo before you guys left? So, uh, not really. I mean, I usually just say goodbye. I did get a photo with a couple of the guys. One of my, my favorites from this year was Brian Paul. Uh, and Brian's a great story. You know, he, he had Tommy John before he got drafted. The Mariners still took him in the 25th round in 2017. But he didn't make his debut until this year because he had a long rehab process. He's a Michigan guy, uh, born in Illinois, but went to the University of Michigan. So, obviously, you have that line with the College World Series this year. And he's just a tremendous person. And he has a great attitude, a great outlook on life. And I just love talking to him, whether it's about baseball or life or anything in general. Uh, Brian Paul was easily one of my favorites of the entire season and I, I did get a picture with him because he's just he's just a different breed and and you don't meet a Brian Paul every once in a while and Brian is going to be an outstanding piece for the Mariners as he continues to move up he, I think he has certainly has the potential to make the big leagues with his wipeout slider and uh, I, I'm looking forward personally to watching Brian Paul be as good as Brian Paul can be and, and I want him to make the big leagues and I told him that when he makes the big leagues he needs to uh, get me tickets to his first game. All right, when we come back from break, Chris Grossi is going to join us. We're going to talk Marshall men's soccer when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition. We've got special guest co-host David Kahn, the voice of the West Virginia Power, among the 500 jobs he does for uh, the 50 broadcast companies he works for, and uh, we'll discuss that here in a minute. And uh, David, um, I, I threw you a curveball because uh, I didn't give you show notes. That's okay. David's been prepping the entire time he's been here. Uh, we've got now on the program one of my favorite coaches at Marshall, uh, Marshall men's soccer coach Chris Grossi, who is with us in the uh, Thundering Herd, uh, right now enjoying a 1-0-1 and mark. That means they haven't lost yet. Tough one against uh, Northern Kentucky. Uh, that goes into double overtime. 
and Coach is now with us here to talk about it. Uh, you got to be pretty happy, though, so far. Um, 3-0 and uh, first game. Uh, you go to a tie in the second one. Uh, you're still undefeated, so that's a plus right there, even though I'm sure you would have loved to have gotten the victory over uh, the Norse. Yeah, definitely. Um, we uh, we played down a man. We got a man sent off, which I didn't really think it was a red card. I thought it was a bit of a soft red card to give, so we played down a man for 102 minutes. So although we didn't get the win, the tie really showed our character and our fight and the guys were all positive about it and they sort of respect each other a little bit more now, which is always helpful. And, you know, we have the fight and, and you know, in the first game we showed we have the skill and the combination. So I'm quite excited for this year because, you know, balance out the, the attack and flair and then the steel of defense, I think we'll, we can go a long way. I'm looking at the schedule, uh, just getting ready for um, for the season here. And uh, the one thing that stands out the most to me is you've got a tough schedule, and you got a lot of home games this season as well. Uh, you know, how do you feel this schedule plays in your favor? Because uh, Conference USA is going to be tough as usual. Of course, you've got Kentucky right there towards the end before you get into the postseason to deal with. But you know, looking at the schedule. What do you think it's uh it does to get you ready? Because uh, I, I see some names there, South Carolina as well. Uh, it really quality non-conference schedule before you get into conference. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of a, a really tough schedule. It's kind of the toughest one we've put together yet, and it's starting to go as you know you're making phone calls and you're trying to get games, and you know we'll come to you, you come to us, you also game. Um, I started seeing it develop that we had a chance to maybe play. The majority of September at home and then go on the road in October and I thought, you know, if we can get some home comforts against, you know, Akron who, you know, National River of last year and Butler, um, Texas Rio Grande Valley have done really well and then obviously South Carolina at home, Dayton and UAB, I think we could be in real strong footing to then go on the road and, and become road warriors with, with that confidence and with that sort of, a, you know, just uh, testedness against some of the some of the best teams. I think it, it could really stand us in good stead down uh, down the stretch. And you know, hope if we make it to the NCAA tournament, hopefully we're trying to do that for the first time. Um, you know, having that type of schedule will sort of help us. You know, go the distance uh, in, in the postseason. Your last game back on Monday uh, at NKU, tie 1-1 in, in two overtimes. What did you uh, learn about about your team through that game and through the first couple of games of the season heading into the home opener on Friday? Well, I thought, uh, you know, the, the first five, six minutes of, of NKU, I thought, yeah, we look really good. We're going to score. We're going to win this game comfortably. Um, you know, more of the same from Friday. You know, we were passing the ball well and, and creating a couple of chances. And, and so I thought, okay, well, the confidence was there. You know, that's a tough tricky place to go play at Northern Kentucky the, uh, the coaching staff for them always gets really into it and it's kind of a, a you know a chaotic style and, and the pressing and, and coming at you uh, play a lot of long balls so I thought we dealt with it really well and then all of a sudden obviously the game changed when you go down a man you know you just can't cover the spaces so you know we're looking at some of our guys running over 10 miles in that game um, so it just shows their you know their fight and their willingness to run for each other and, and just kind of learned that we had you know, maybe the spine and the backbone that, that maybe wasn't there in the, in the years previous. And also, you know, if we can add to that with the, with the flair, I thought it, it just it really stands us in a good position for the for the rest of the season. And then Friday, obviously, it's going to be an even tougher test. So the, the way the schedule worked with Fort Wayne and a little bit tougher with NKU and a little bit tougher with Butler, 
it gives us a good uh, stepping stone to keep stepping up to the, the level. And I think, uh, I think the boys are ready. They're, they're confident now and they, they kind of believe a little bit more. So um, I'm expecting a good good performance on Friday. Should be a great match. Paul Swan and David Kahn with you here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our guest, Chris Grossi, Marshall Soccer Coach. And you've got Butler on Friday. Uh, talk a little bit, if you would, about them. What kind of challenge they bring to Hoops Family Field? Well, they're a very good team. Last year, they we played them at that place and, and they beat us. And, well, it was an awful game. Uh, there was goals allowed that should never have been allowed. There was It went to overtime. Both teams conceded soft goals. It was kind of an all-over-the-place type of game, uh, which sometimes college soccer be- can become. Um, but generally, you know, the previous two years, they won the Big Ten, uh, sorry, the Big East, and, and they went to uh, the NCAA tournament. So very good side and haven't watched the um, first, two, first two matches. You know, they look like they're back to their old selves. Um, you know, Paul Snape, the coach, there was a very good friend of mine. We were together at Michigan for five years. So, you know, we worked sort of every day together so we kind of know each other very well. And we call the time on the phone. So, you know, he shares his problems, I share mine. So this is kind of a strange game in that regard, um, just because we get along so well and, and sort of I help him out with his problems. He helps me out with mine. So we kind of know each other's teams a little bit as well. Um, but having said that, you know, they've got a good, they've rebounded the good side. It's actually signed a guy called Wilma Cabrera, who's the son of the um, Houston Dynamos coach, who actually play in all season in the USL Championship professionally. Uh, he's been a bit of a challenge to deal with. Um, so I think we will match that quite well for challenge. And, then, uh, you know, I believe we can be a better possession side. I believe we can create more chances. And I think we can take care of them defensively. But it's a it's a good game for us and a good test. If we want to be champions, we have to beat teams like this, especially at home. So I think it's, it's, it'll be a good marker for us on the season, for sure. You've now got five straight games at home starting this Friday and rolling through the 21st matchup against Akron. How big is it going to be for your team playing You know the, the caliber of teams that you're going to play at home? How big of an advantage is that going to be for your squad? It's be a huge advantage. We haven't had... We, we've become close to, to, to having sort of a really, really like fortress at the Hoops family field. And that's kind of what we're trying to do this year is make it, give our guys the pride in it. So this year we've got all the, we've got the guys cleaning our own locker rooms, cleaning the visiting locker room, cleaning the ref locker room, sweeping the stands, making sure the place looks great, making sure they're proud of it. You know, every bit of trash is picked up along the fence line. So we have them in different groups taking care of those little tasks, just trying to develop that you know, that sense of pride in the facility that, that maybe gives us that extra 1% or 2% that we need, you know, when we're defending it. I think having all those big teams at home, you know, if we can be on the positive side, if we can win, lose, uh, be right up there in the, the top, top 30, top 25 teams in the country. So it's a massive opportunity for us to, to really make a statement nationally. Um, and I, I feel confident, you know, Look at that field thing. Hey, we can win this game, or we should win this game. So, uh, hopefully, you know, a few little changes, and obviously, the, the new talent that we brought in this year, uh, combined with a little bit of home pride, would be, um, you know, hopefully, does the trick. And we'll find out on Friday where, you know, how far we have to go as a team. I know um, other programs do that as well, but it's just amazing that you've brought that here and. It truly is installing a sense of pride. This is their home for several years, and you, know, you expect them to treat it as such. So you know, little things like that, making sure the fence line's clean, 
mean, you wouldn't think that that would be a big deal, but it really is the way it does instill some pride in these young men. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, we've got to we've got to sort of if we're going to be successful, we have to have a we culture, not a me culture. So, I think it's this. You know, it's just one step along that road, and and you know, we we get on guys as well. You know, they they want to leave and and you know get about their day and. You know, obviously, if they've got class, they can they can run off to class. Uh, that's not a problem. But, you know, members of their group have got to take care of it, and then they've got to come back and, and do their share. I really do feel, you know, you should feel pride about the facility. And it's a beautiful facility, and, and you know, we're so thankful that we have it. Um, we just got to we just got to look after it. And then also, we want to have big crowds, and we want to have, um, you know, sort of a winning, a winning culture at home. And so... You know, having pride in your facility, winning games at home, then you get a bigger crowd, and then it becomes this this sort of uh, flywheel that just con- continues to support itself over and over again. We get better crowds, we have more to clean up, we take more pride in the facility, we win more games, and, and on and on and on. So, you know, there's a bit of uh, hopefully it's it's the, the the little tipping point of that psychology that, that gets us over um, gets us over the hump and, and, and makes us that championship, that NCAA team, that top fifty team in the country. Coach, good luck coming up Friday at Hoops Family Field, taking on Butler, and then right back at it on Tuesday against ETSU. Uh, let's hope for a herd win, Coach, and we'll get you back on soon to talk about the next one. Thank you, Have a good night. Thank you, sir. Coach Chris Grossi joining us on the program as they take on Butler Friday. If you don't have a high school football game to go to on a Friday night, <laughs> here it is. Uh, it is Marshall and Butler. and. If definitely, if you can't go Friday, you got Tuesday at seven o'clock. What are you doing on Tuesday? ETSU, go. This go. this would be uh, football, though, right? Not football. Um, it is a soccer in this country. I, I'm aware, but it's it, called it is called football. It, um, elsewhere, it is. Um, but uh, in this country, we adhere to the name <laughs> given. Uh, I like only one soccer, Marshall soccer. That's true. Yeah, me too. That's it. Marshall. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll I'll acquire Marshall as my favorite college soccer team. Yeah, Marshall is my favorite. Okay. I will like Marshall soccer as my college team to the day I, I until the day I stop breathing. Marshall soccer, I will always support them. I will watch their matches. I will root for them because I'm not a soccer guy. Yeah. But that's my team. And then um, sort of, kind of, because I love Cincinnati FC Cincinnati, even though they're terrible right now. I mean, look, I'm from Orlando, and we have the Orlando City Lions, and I, and I don't pay a lick of attention to them. So I understand. I, I, I understand. I understand, but I, I figure. Uh, well, I was hopeful that the uh, FC Cincinnati squad would uh, actually win, um, and there will be some. Did, did they not? I, I don't know. They're okay. They're, okay. No, no. It's they're starting out. They're a new team to MLS. Oh, okay. Well, all they're I know about Orlando up. City is they have a B team, which means they must not be that good. Um, or or that might be the minor leagues of soccer. Yeah. I don't really know. There are teams is that, that, is that what it is? Have B teams. Okay, yeah. so okay. Because there are more. There are multiple professional leagues. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there are B teams. Got it. All right, it's so like, it's the minor league of soccer. I get it. Uh, yes, MLS is the uh, the major league. Well, I thank you, major yeah. league soccer. I yeah. I can put that one together. I'm, I'm just making sure. Okay. I mean, soccer's soccer's not my forte. I, per, I prefer I prefer football to football. I, I prefer football uh, <laughs> only when it's Marshall. And you know what else I I, I prefer? I uh, I prefer hockey. Really? Well, I knew that. Yeah, you knew that. Yeah, but baseball's better. So. Um, maybe. <laughs> no. Hockey, no. Hockey's no. Better. All right. Baseball, hockey. You decide. Right. I will. Uh, we're out of time. We'll do this again soon. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.